This is Kristen Smith, and you're listening to the Destination Begin podcast. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. This week, we are talking all things plastic surgery. Woo-woo. I get a lot of questions about plastic surgery from others who've had weight loss surgery who have loose skin. I don't often get questions from anyone else. It seems like it's something that isn't really talked about when it's just strictly a cosmetic improvement for funsies. In fact, actually, the the conversations that I have observed, especially about breast augmentation, um, tend to be varied. Uh, some are very positive, some are very negative, some are very judgmental, and some are very stark. There have been women who've had health issues because of breast implants. So I hear a lot of it now. I, I never paid any attention before I had plastic surgery. And I also would never have been able to tell if someone had had breast augmentation. It's just something that I didn't understand what it looked like really. And now I do. So, so I'm going to talk about it. Just, I'm just going to talk about my experience, like everything else on this podcast. This is my experience. These are my feelings. This has been my journey. So many other people can probably say the opposite of everything that I'm going to talk about based on their experience. And so um, all I can do is talk about me and talk about how I feel and why I did it and my experience. So with that always with that caveat, let's get started on the fun topic. I am excited to talk about this. Um, just a little recap in case you, you're you not a familiar listener to my podcast. A lot of people find this, this podcast one episode at a time and don't know all the history. And while I feel like I repeat myself, I think it's important to give a little backstory in case you're new here. So um, I was 405 pounds at my heaviest. And over the last 15 years, I've lost 250 pounds. And I lost the first 100 pounds rather slowly, and I didn't have a lot of excess skin. And then I had weight loss surgery, and I lost another 100 pounds or so very quickly. And and I'm not so sure that it's the speed of weight loss or just simply the massive amount of skin stretching that goes on. But it seems that when you lose weight faster, you have more of an issue with skin not bouncing back. But regardless, you know, my body was really large and my skin was stretched really far. And so when I lost weight, I was left with hanging loose skin pretty much everywhere. I got pretty lucky in that I have nice skin and I'm not saying that because I did anything to get it. It's, I honestly didn't know I had good skin. I just started getting that feedback throughout adulthood. You know, I went to have a facial and um, you have amazing skin. Oh, okay. Um, And then just in relationships, the comment has often been that I have really nice skin. And, you know, I live here. I live in this skin. I didn't know it was nice. But apparently, I have great skin and it helped me out. So while I had a lot of loose skin, it certainly was not as bad as it could have been based on how large I was. I also carried my weight pretty proportionally. I was heavy everywhere. I definitely had more weight on my legs than other parts of my body, but otherwise it was spread out a lot. A lot of massively obese people will carry most of it in 
one area. And again, I just got lucky. I had nothing to do with it. If I could have spread it out differently and had a choice, I probably would have. But all of that to say, I ended up losing weight and I had loose skin kind of everywhere. Um, And it was really hard in the moment as I was watching the scale go down and feeling incredible and feeling thin for the first time in my life and feeling just, well, it was also very disorienting, but it was really euphoric on one hand to be feeling that way and looking in the mirror and seeing my body shrink. But also there was a piece of just horror to be just kind of, wow, I'm, I'm losing all this weight, but look at this damage. Um, I look better in my clothes, but without clothes, oh my God, it's a, it's a shit show. And that was really hard. And usually the euphoria won out. I mean, it was still so exciting to be losing weight, but it really started in earnest um, as I approached the 200 pound mark to really see what was happening. The, the It was like, I, I felt like I was melting. I felt like I looked like I was melting. And to cope with it, like many things, I made jokes because <laughs> some of it was pretty funny. You have to be able to laugh, at least for me. I had to be able to laugh at some of it in order to just move on with life because A, it's aesthetics, right? It's nothing to do with health. And in the grand scheme, it doesn't matter. And yet it does emotionally. And so make jokes. And when I was at my heaviest, I had really large breasts. I carried quite a bit of weight in my chest. And so when I was losing weight, that's kind of the first place you lose weight as a woman, at least most women I know can agree when I have said that. And my breasts just completely deflated. And I would make the joke that they, my breasts turned into socks with golf balls in the bottom. And um, in order to wear bras, I'd have to literally roll them up. Like you would think of like a sardine can where you like used to put the key in the end and you would like crank it and you'd roll up the metal. Um, That's kind of how it was with my breasts. Or like a, I think of like a Swiss cake roll, just like roll them up. You tuck them in the bra and off you go. And nobody, nobody could tell. Nobody knew from the outside. So who cares, right? Um, and then my underarms really bothered me because when I started losing a lot of weight, I started running and would wear sports bras. And all of a sudden I had this issue where I couldn't, I couldn't find clothes that fit me right because the skin was everywhere. So the fat was gone but my, my rolled up breasts were sticking out the side of the sports bra. So I'd have to get a bigger one, but then it wasn't tight enough to hold everything down. And my armpit skin was flapping and hitting me. I could hear my arms hitting my body when I ran and I wore really tight compression leggings because just walking the skin on my thighs would hit each other and move. It was very uncomfortable. I mean, if you think about, um, you know, the skin on my thighs had some weight to it. Um, that was, it's never just skin. Usually there's, there's some diet resistant fat that's in that tissue that just is kind of stuck in there. And, and so just walking around, you know, in a dress, I would have to wear something compression under it because when I stopped walking, 
my legs would take a, a second to settle, you know, like a bowl of jello or like there was momentum there. And it was just uncomfortable. But still, for several years, the glee of having lost weight and being able to just wear normal clothes way far outweighed the, the feelings of this this skin. And it really bothered me in the summertime when you, you wanted to wear tank tops or sleeveless dresses. And it was really hard to find dress clothes um, if I needed to special occasion dress. It needed to be long enough to cover my thigh skin. It needed to be high enough in the armpits to um, cover the armpit skin. And um, a lot of the dresses in my size, didn't, you know, they had built-in bras, which didn't work. It just didn't work. So shopping and those things just, it was frustrating. And after a while, I was like, okay, I've lost all of this weight and I've done all of this work and I'm still having a hard time getting dressed. I'm still having a hard time with finding clothes that work for my body. And it was frustrating and demoralizing. And yet, you know, what do you do? You just, it's just, it's a better problem to have, but it's still a problem, right? It's kind of where my, my mind ended. And I, I knew, I knew that when I looked in the mirror and I felt such angst that I, I couldn't fix it until I looked in the mirror and didn't see the skin as a detriment. And what I mean by that is it made me feel shame and it made me feel less than, and it made me feel like I was a fraud. If people thought I looked good and I presented this, this body that looked healthy and, and fit. But if someone met me who didn't know that I used to be fat, if they ever saw the skin, it was kind of like the, the gigs up, they'll know that you're really a big fat failure. Um, and that was really where my mind was for a long time. And so the idea of having the skin removed didn't really occur to me because it, there was just so much emotion wrapped up in it. And I knew that I needed to do the work to get through that. And I didn't know when that was going to happen. I didn't know how. I didn't set out to become okay with that skin. It just it was something I knew that I needed to work on. And I, I tried to just accept it. And it just took a lot of time. There are a lot of people who have weight loss surgery, lose the weight, and immediately get skin removal surgery as soon as they can. And um, and just for me, I just I that never would have been healthy for me. And I it's so hard to articulate why, why, but I feel like I, it took me a long time to become comfortable with the weight loss. And so if I had gone and had the skin removed right away, I, I don't know if I would have been able to handle, really handle how it would have felt to be in my skin at that time. I guess the easiest way to say it is I had to learn to love myself with the skin and to be able to look at the skin and not have it cause me an emotional reaction and then it could go away and there was just this time there was this period of time where I was working out really hard and I was really investing in my diet and cleaning up all of the ways that I was eating I was learning um, how to not binge I was learning to live by food rules and finding peace with food and really the key the key in the whole process 
of learning to finally love and embrace myself came with learning how to stop binge eating and to live by my rules for how I was going to eat for the rest of my life. And repeatedly over and over choosing my food rules over binging really built a sense of confidence and a self a self-awareness to say I'm in the driver's seat and I know that binging on that food is going to make me feel horrible tomorrow and I don't want to do that to me. I want to stay in control and I'm going to sit with this craving and be really proud later that I stayed true to what I know is and isn't good for me. So that process really was pivotal in my self-acceptance and then I got divorced and um, found myself on my own and all of a sudden really realizing I wanted to take my life by the horns and go live the best life that I possibly could. And I looked in the mirror and went, you know what? The skin's got to go. I'm ready. I have fully embraced myself. I've fully embraced my future. I've taken control of my life. The skin is getting in my way and I just, I, I want it gone. I just... I want the past removed off of my body and, um, and off we went. I had gone and gotten a consultation about a year before that to just find out how much it cost because cost is a big factor and, um, and it was a lot. And I just thought, you know, that's something that I'm not ready for and it's a lot of money and, and I tabled the idea. So when I, I decided I was ready to do it, I said, all right, let's do this. Let's go and, um, get some more information, find out if anything's changed. I've lost um, more weight since then. Let's find out. So the first step that I would recommend if you're considering plastic surgery is to get more than one um, consultation. And most plastic surgeons are going to give you a free consultation because, um, you know, it's intimidating and they want to meet you. A lot of them won't operate on you. It's not like you just walk in and say, do it and they will. So it's really important to meet uh, more than one surgeon, talk to them, have them take a look at the situation, give you their advice, give you their opinion, give you their prices. And so I went to a local plastic surgery center that is very reputable with very reputable surgeons and started there. I mean, they're basically the, as far as I know, they're the most well-known plastic surgery um, center in the Minneapolis St. Paul area. And so I went there and had a consultation, met with one of the surgeons. Um, and the surgeon is terrific. He's very kind. There's nothing wrong with him at all. Um, but the way that he interacted with me, you know, you, you go into a room, right? I went into the room. I wanted an estimate and opinion and advice on having my thighs done, my tummy done, my breasts done, and my arms done. So that's four areas of the body. So I needed to know, can you fix these four areas? How would you fix these four areas? In what combination could we do them? Because I knew that we could do one or two areas at a time to save money. And you know, what, what do you think the best outcome would be? And then of course, how much is it going to cost? And so you go in there, they give you a pair of disposable underwear and a plastic sheet and and you just prepare to be naked in front of a perfect stranger. Hi, how are you? Here's 
my body, my destroyed, naked skin is dripping off of me. I'm super self-conscious anyway, being naked in front of a stranger. But then here is my destroyed body. Ta-da! It's, it's hard, okay? At least it was for me. So I walked in there, you know, he came in, he was very kind. You know, they're professional, certainly not looking at you for any kind of reason other than what they're there for. Um, but there was just something about the way that he interacted with me and my body that didn't work for me. I, um, first of all, he drew all over my body and the marker did not wash off for days. Um, he drew all over my body and lifted things. And then at one point he said, you know, if I, if I do the incision here, we can fix your butt. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was anything wrong with my butt. Um, and it was devastating just the way he said it and what it did to me in that vulnerable moment. And again, he was just doing his job. He's an amazing surgeon. I'm sure I'm, I'm not naming his name and I'm not naming the clinic because I would never, ever want it to influence anyone. But for me, it, I could, it was awful. And I left there and I was so tanked emotionally I felt like I felt totally lost in despair over what I had done to my body. And all of a sudden I saw myself as a horrible, heinous, melted, disgusting looking creature. And I had never felt like that. Not even one time, not even at my heaviest did I feel the way I felt the next 24 hours after that consultation. And part of it was just me and where I was emotionally. And then part of it was just the situation and how that particular person interacted with me. And, um, I couldn't get the marker off my body. And I just, I was standing in front of the mirror weeping. It was awful. And I went across the street to yoga. And of course there's mirrors in there. And I just stared at myself with contempt and disgust. And it was awful. And I, I, I did, I went home and I, I cried. I didn't, I didn't know how to pull myself out of it, but eventually I was like, you know what? Screw that. <laughs> 24 hours ago, I was in love with myself and my life. And I looked at my body as a strong, powerful temple that I invest in. And this experience is not going to steal all of that away from me. So screw it. No, done. And, uh, and I shook it off and, and it wasn't that easy. It took me you know, 24, 48 hours. I don't know. But I shook it off. Um, and the, the recommendation from him, too, is that he would do two body parts at a time, but not four. And the cost was pretty high. It was higher than the, the quote that I had gotten the year before. But it, it was still kind of in line. So anyway, um, so I called back the place that I'd gone the year before and to go back there again because uh, I was serious about actually doing it. And I had lost weight since then. And I wanted to see, you know, what that experience would be. And so I went back there. Um, I will name names. I went to, to West Health to Dr. George Landis. And when I went in, he, he, he came in and he shook my hand and then he leaned against the table across from me and just started talking to me and, and talking about my weight loss journey. And I was able to tell him, um, a little bit about my story. And he was asking me questions about my lifestyle and, and, and how I ate now and how remarkable it was that I had made such a change and what was the key. And he really wanted to understand me and my story. 
and it wasn't about the body for a long time. And he was genuinely interested. And I just felt so comfortable talking to him. And, um, and then of course, you know, he had to look at my skin and just the way he approached all of it was so different. And it just simply jived with me and my heart and my emotions and how I was feeling. And, um, and he, he suggested that we do my arms and legs and breasts at the same time. He didn't feel like that would be too much because my arms weren't that bad. And the arm incisions in the breasts were not that bad. He did say that he was unsure of the result that we could get on my breasts because they were that bad. Um, and I had said, you know, I didn't want an implant. I just wanted them picked up, put back where they belong, and so that they would stop. So I could stop tucking them into my pants, basically. I just wanted them put back where they belong. I didn't care about having large breasts. I'm a runner. I work out. I don't want boobs in my face. And he was totally cool with that and said, you know, I can, I can repair them and reconstruct them. They're not going to look great, but we can do what you just said. And I said, fine, that's what I want. That's all I care about. And he's like, all right. So got a quote from him and it was doable. It was expensive. Um, but to know that I could do one surgery and get the three areas that I most cared about, which is my legs, my arms, and my breasts fixed at once, I was really excited. Um, and because my stomach bothered me, but not to the degree that my legs and arms, my legs and arms bothered me the most, just because I'm so active. So we scheduled it, and um, I think that was in late February, and we scheduled it for that was actually in early March and we scheduled it for May. So I was able to coordinate the date with the holiday weekend of Memorial day and, um, work it out with my work. I can work remotely. So I took a week off and then I was able to work remotely for a week and then get back to the office. That was the plan in the third week. And so I was really excited and really nervous. Um, but honestly just totally in, and I just knew that this was going to kind of set my body free to just continue to go and be and do all the things that I wanted to do. And that was really the whole point. Aesthetics, yes, great. But ultimately, it's that whole idea of like, I want this gone. I want it out of my way. I want this out of my way. That's how I felt when I wanted to lose weight. I want this fat out of my way. Now I want this skin out of my way. I'm... 40 years old. I've got hopefully another 40 years to live. I don't want to carry this around anymore. It's time to go. So my best friend, Amanda had had plastic surgery a year prior and she asked me who was going to stay with me because when you have these surgeries, you have to have someone stay with you for the first 24 hours because you have to go right back the next day. You typically have drains, which I'm really sorry. Some of this is a little gross. Um, and you need someone to make sure you have medicine and all of those things. And I said, well, my friend Crystal is going to come over and stay with me for the first day and we'll see how it goes. And she just looked at me and said, Oh no, no, I'm going to come stay with you. You need someone to just be with you for a few days. I, I want to. And I was like, okay. 
And so it was Memorial Day weekend and she cleared her schedule. And before that, she even brought over the recliner that she had used to recover in when she'd had surgery and brought it into my apartment. And Amanda, goodness, I talk about her a lot on this podcast because she's been so hugely pivotal in my life in the past year. And in this experience, incredibly pivotal. Um, so she got me all set up. She told me a lot of things that I, you know, could expect a little bit of the horror story of what could go wrong. And, you know, you always want to hope for the best, but not be surprised if some things go wrong. It's pretty massive. So, so the plan was to do my legs. So that involved incisions, um, at the hip crease. I'm starting at the hip crease and then going all the way down my legs, all the way down my inner thigh to my knee. So to remove, I had a lot of skin on each thigh. So that was the, the leg lift. And then the arm lift also on the inside part of my arm from my elbow up into my armpit. And then luckily he's super smart. He stopped and did a separate incision in the underarm and did like a separate skin removal just in the underarm. And since they weren't connected incisions, the healing on that one was supposed to be really good. And then the plan was to lift and remove um, breast tissue so that my breasts were the same size and back up where they belonged. So those were the three procedures. So a week before surgery, I went in for the final um, consultation, make sure everything was looking good, did all those things. And when I went in to talk to the surgeon, he remarked everything had a good conversation about how I was feeling. And he said, you know, your breasts, I'm not going to push you on anything. And obviously, (laughs) uh, I don't want you to think that I'm just like a dude. So all I think about is boobs. But I really think you should consider an implant simply because A, we're going to get a better result. And B, you might be surprised how they make you feel. And what I want you to do is go in the next room there is a whole pile of implants sitting there and just put put one in your bra, the bra that you currently have and um, just a tiny one. He's like, you know, I know you're a runner. I know you're active. I don't feel like you would be happy with giant breasts. I want to give you giant breasts, but something in there is going to make them a little bit more the way that they would have been had you not been obese. So I grabbed these implants and put them in my bra, looked in the mirror, and started bawling. And I couldn't control myself. And the surgeon's like, are are you okay? And I said, I'm a girl. (laughs) And I just, I just, I couldn't get over how it made me feel. And it wasn't sexual. It wasn't seductive. It wasn't anything about breasts, like what you would even think. It's just, I did feel like I looked like what I may have looked like had I never damaged my body. And it's still emotional for me remembering what that felt like in that moment. And I just said, yeah, let's do it. Um, Let's, you know, obviously let's do them small. I don't, I don't want, I had giant boobs when I was super fat and I hated having them in my way. So uh, let's keep them small. But yeah, I want, I want to, to be a normal, natural woman when this is done. 
And so I think it was probably the smallest one that they had that we chose to put in and I felt good about it and I was excited. And so um, the day of surgery arrived. I didn't tell anyone in my family. This was during the period of time when my family was incredibly, um, I was, well, I had just recently left um, G and I was living on my own and my family and I were not on good terms and I just kept them completely out of my life for a while. It was a way that I could really heal and protect myself and put up really strong boundaries um, and reestablish my life. And so I knew just based on the, you know, I've talked in other episodes about the crap that I've gotten from my family about um, my weight loss and my fitness and how seriously I take it. So the last thing that I needed was for them to know that I was going to go spend money on an elective procedure to fix my body. <laughs> the level of the level of criticism, it wasn't something that I was even going to think about opening myself up to from them. And um, so I, they didn't know a thing. I didn't tell them anything. Um, I might have told my brother and his girlfriend at one point kind of around that time because they were always incredibly supportive. But um, it was just important to me that I keep it really quiet. And um, and I was able to do that. So Amanda came, took me to surgery. And um, a week before surgery, or two days before surgery, I got in a call that the surgery center had flooded and they couldn't do surgery there anymore. And they had found a different place to do my surgery. And so... I went there. It was no problem. But the result was that my surgeon had to go to his office to get the implants that he was going to put in my body and then come to the surgery center since it was in a different place. So my main memory from that morning was Dr. Landis walking in with a reusable shopping bag. And he said, hey, I I was thinking about you this morning. And again, I don't want you to think I'm some like boob obsessed perv or something. But I really feel like you should go just a little bit bigger on your breast implants because that's always, always, always the feedback from women is I wish I would have gone a little bit bigger once things settle down. Um, And so I just want you to take a look at what this is the size you chose. And he reaches in the shopping bag and pulls out the one that I chose. And then he had some other sizes. And I just said, you just walked in here with a bag of boobs. You just walking around with a bag of boobs, a shopping bag of boobs. And he's like, I, I guess I did. <laughs> and it's like one of the funniest memories of the whole thing to me was that Dr. Landis just strolled on into a building with a bag of boobs. Anyway, so uh, I took a look at those. I think he was right. We went up, I think, one size. Um, and I think that was a really smart move. I wish we'd gone up two sizes. I love them so much. Anyway, so we, we made that little last minute decision. He came in, marked me all up, and off I went. That was a early surgery appointment, and I think it was a six and a half hour surgery. I don't remember. I don't remember much else. There's just, I don't remember much else at all. Um, Amanda has lots of stories. Uh, you know, they wanted me to eat crackers, and I, she's like, you were just looking at them with horror that they wanted you to eat carbs. And you didn't want crackers and get them away from you. And I I don't remember that. But anyway, I mean, you only sit there for a little while and then they send you home. So Amanda took me home, got me in the recliner. Um, She was a rock star. 
she took care of me through the night. They sent me home with a catheter. And um, we have so many fun, so many laughs, so many funny moments of her taking care of me. I mean, I know Amanda pretty well, but I don't know her empty your catheter well. But I do now. She just was such a rock star and such a friend. I just there that's such a stupid word compared to what she really was to me. I mean, she was she just took such good care of me and she never made me feel like I was bothering her or I was a burden when in fact like I was legit completely helpless. So she took care of me. The pain was pretty intense. Um, but I don't remember a lot of that. Went back in the next day and they took the dressings off, I think. Everything looked fine. And the coolest thing about getting breast implants is it's instant. So everything else is a disaster and it takes a long time to heal, but your breasts are there. And he did an insanely good job. He even said, I had no idea that I could get such a good result based on what I started with. And, um, and he did, he did, he just, I don't know, they're symmetrical. He fixed them. Like he fixed them. They were destroyed. And then, um, the implants, well, everything was really swollen. So I was just like, holy wow, I have boobs in my face. Um, but it was really, really fun because it's, it's instant gratification with that piece of the surgery. So while you're in pain and everything is awful, you're like, but look, I have boobs and they're not tucked into my pants. So that was, that was very helpful in the healing to have that little happy, fun little thing. So recovery was really hard. My arms did not hurt as long as I didn't move them above my head or anything or try to reach for anything. They, I would say on a scale of zero to 10, my pain on my arms was a one, you know, and they were cut from elbow to armpit. The armpit was a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, you have motion there, but it was, I mean, again, a two on a scale of one to 10. Breasts never hurt, had no pain. Um, That's because my legs hurt so bad I wanted to die. So basically the legs were so painful that the rest, I mean, I didn't even care. And if I hadn't had my legs done, I'm sure I would have felt pain in the rest of my body. But um, the legs were... I don't know. They're, it, it was awful. They, they were painful. Um, it was uncomfortable. Just having to sit, I had to keep my legs up. I had to keep my legs apart. So you're just laying with your legs up in the air. You're like a super red eagle. Bandages. And it was, you know, I'm not going to go into detail because it was gross, but it was very uncomfortable. And the swelling, there was so much swelling. You know, you have your lymph nodes in that area. A lot of fluid um, in your body flows through your legs. So it was just very uncomfortable. And it just was hard to walk. And yet you have to get up and walk. You know, you have to go to the bathroom. You have to you have to move to avoid blood clots. And so it was probably, it was a full week before I could move without just wishing to be shot in the head. It was so painful. Um, it was pretty bad. 
And um, the next week I was supposed to work from home and I had a really hard time because the only comfortable position was to lay on the floor with my legs up against the wall because the higher I could get my legs, the more the swelling would come down and then it was more bearable. So the leg surgery was no joke. The rest of it was pretty easy to deal with, but the legs were no joke. Um, The nice thing is I could wear compression yoga pants. As soon as I could pull pants up, which was hard because my legs were so swollen and it was painful, um, that helped because I could just wear really tight yoga pants and it would cover everything, hold everything tight. And then that at least I could walk my dog downstairs to go outside and back and nobody could kind of tell anything was going on, which that was nice. Um, cause I walked like a mummy. So recovery from that was, was slow. Um, I was supposed to go back to work, um, after two full weeks and it took me another three or four days of working at home and kind of chilling out to be before I could do that simply because the swelling was so uncomfortable. So, cause it was, I was just in bed or on the floor with pillows. And so, um, so if you're considering having any of those three operations, I would say the legs are really hard. And they told me that. And they said, most people aren't happy with their results from their legs. It's, um, most people don't like their legs anyway. So most 40 year old women have 40 year old women legs and they're not, great anymore. They're not 20 year old woman legs. So you can't go in thinking you're going to get the legs of a supermodel. And I, I got, I had such a good result because my expectations I think were in line. My legs are not great. Um, it's been almost a year. They are so much better. I'm so glad I did it. I'm telling you the, the fact that I can wear shorts The fact that I can wear a dress and my thighs don't hit each other, I can't hear them, I can run smoother, um, clothes just fit decent, and I just, it was was the hardest of those three, but it was so worth it. I I love it. And my, you know, my legs are, I have 42-year-old woman legs, and and I'm happy with that. They're not... um, they're not 20-year-old legs. They're 42-year-old legs. They're my legs. Um, I have scars that go from my knee up into my hip crease. They, they're they right in the middle of the inner thigh. And so when I'm standing straight on, they're, they're hard to notice because they're where you normally would have a shadow. Brilliantly placed. Um, and they're pretty pink still. They're getting lighter, but it's they're pretty extreme scars. They're not they're not just going to go away. I could probably have them lasered so they look a little better. I won't do that, but um, I don't even notice them. I don't, I forget that they're there. The scars on my arms, I also forget, I actually can't see them. Those ones are tucked again on the inside. So unless I hold my arm up to a mirror, I can't see them. I can't turn my arm and my face in such a way that I can see them. Um, But from behind when I'm walking around, People can see them. I get asked a lot in the store, especially, what happened to your arms? Which I think is so rude. It's like, well, what happened to your face? (laughs) What happened that you're so rude? I don't say those things. But it's like I would never say that to somebody. So it's so appalling to me that people would phrase it that way. What happened to your arms? So I really wish I had the guts to be like, oh, I jumped through a plate glass window saving a puppy. But 
I just say, oh, I had skin removed and then they shut up. Um, and if it's someone I know, obviously I don't, I'm not offended at all by questions. I'm not offended at all by questions by anyone. I'm offended or not. I'm not even offended. I'm just appalled that some people are that, um, blunt. Just like, what if it was some heinous disfiguration that I felt really uncomfortable about? Like, check yourself. Um, and then the armpit, um, incision, I, I, it's very hard to see it. Very, very hard. Now the arm and the armpit, I feel like I need to have those revised already. Um, they're just, uh, he didn't go super tight on them because you don't want to go so tight that you can't reach and have normal stretch. So we went conservative on those. So of all three of these surgeries, that's one that I would potentially get revised, um, to have more tightness. I was running yesterday and I could hear my right arm again. So there's still some looseness there that could go away. Not really worried about it, but just, you know, giving you all of the information. Um, and then my breasts have settled in nicely. They are not symmetrical because my natural breasts were not symmetrical and I opted not to have him remove any breast tissue tissue. Um, just because natural breasts are not symmetrical either. Um, and they've settled in. They're not as perfect as they were. There's a little pocket um, on the one side by my armpit. Just I think because of all of the skin that was moved and altered and then how things settle, you can never quite predict exactly how. So they're not perfect. I don't know if it's something that's fixable. I don't know if I would fix it if it was. Um, everything is so much better than it was before that I'm really, really, really happy. And I'm really glad that I that I got the, the breast implants. I, I would be really sad if I hadn't knowing now what I do. Um, the breasts have been really an interesting learning experience because, you know, they're not mine. I didn't make them. I'm not responsible for how good they look. So I don't have any problem being really excited and proud of them. I love them. Um, I, I wear things that show them off sometimes. I think they're beautiful and they make me feel feminine. They make me feel like a girl. And I love that. And I've gotten really nasty responses from some people who feel like I needed them to be validated as a woman. That's their opinion. That's their take on it. That if you have larger breasts or you have fake breasts or whatever, that clearly you're not comfortable as a woman without them, or you need the validation or you need the attention or one person. Well, many people have said, it's a shame that you couldn't love yourself the way that you were before. And to that, I say, no, I, I waited to do this until I loved myself 100% before. And I can say that looking anyone dead in their face. It wasn't until it didn't matter that I was able to say, okay, now let's change it. And, um, and the breasts are, are, I don't know. I feel like they're a happy, wonderful, redemptive thing. And that sounds so weird, but I get so emotional about this topic because I look in the mirror and I used to be 405 pounds. I used to be completely and totally buried under skin and fat and it covered me and it inhibited me and it made it hard for me to go and just be me. And now I look in the mirror and there's nothing between me and the world. And the fact that my breasts are there and I love them 
it's like a gift to me. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. I love having a female shape. I never thought that I would have a female shape. And it's the greatest. And so to any woman, for any reason, who would like to have breast augmentation, I say to you, run, do not walk, and go get them. Because you will never regret it. You'll wish that you did it sooner. And if you want them, you should have them. They're pennies per day. I say that all the time. They're not that expensive. And depending on your age, you net that out over the, they're supposed to last 20 years and then you have to get them replaced. Pennies per day, okay? (laughs) For so much enjoyment. I just like, I love having a female shape. And um, I don't know what it's like to be flat chested. I only know what it was like to be, you know, a size H and then tuck my boobs into my pants. So I don't know what it's like to just be flat chested, but I imagine that if you daydream about having breasts, you should have them and it's worth the money. And if you have a way to do it, do it. And in this economy with the world so crazy, I mean, I just guess that's irresponsible for me to say that, but you know your budget more than I do. Um, but yeah, I, a thousand billion percent would, would say, do it, do it, do it. And of course, do your research. There are horror stories. There are people who've had them removed and felt better, that felt more womanly, all of that. That's their experience, and I don't deny that that's their experience. That hasn't been mine. It's been a thousand percent positive, and I would do it over again, and I'm so glad that he recommended that I do it. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that he, I mean, he knew, he saw this coming. This is what he does. So, um, so I had my surgery Memorial Day weekend last year, and it was about four weeks later, I was able to jog a little bit. It was hard though, so I kind of backed that off. So it was more six to eight weeks I was able to jog and then start working out. And I started working out doing my F45. They're really hard workouts, but I just went and kind of went through the motions, didn't exert myself, but just started moving my body in an athletic way, I guess. And then things kind of fell back into place pretty quick after that. Um, And then I got to spend the summer wearing sundresses and I was super excited to wear white jeans because I always wanted to wear white jeans, but because of the way that my skin was on my legs, it made it really hard to do um, white jeans because you could see the shape of the skin more. I don't know how to explain it, but um, they just didn't they just didn't look in a way that I felt comfortable wearing them. So I wore white jeans. I still don't really wear shorts. I still my like my legs are still larger than. I guess proportionally they should be and and I'm not hung up on it. I just am not as comfortable in shorts. I don't know if I ever will be. I don't know. Um, but to wear dresses where my armpits and my arms didn't flap and I didn't have to wear a bra and I didn't have to worry that they were to my knee to cover up the skin flapping and it's the greatest. So fall came And, um, I went in to my beloved Dr. Landis to say, all right, how much is it to get my tummy done? Because it's going to be winter time. This is the time to be benched. If I'm going to be benched, I thought about doing it in like February after the holidays, but I was launching my business. I was launching a lot of projects 
I thought, you know, I really want to hit the ground running at the first of the year. Let's get this done. So I went in and saw him and talked to him about doing um, my stomach, which involved a body lift, um, which is where they cut you all the way around your waist um, and they kind of pull up your pants, essentially. So they pull up and remove excess skin on your flanks and then also pull down and do the tummy tuck in the front. Um and then they also do the, the actual abdominal repair. So that's what we did. He didn't go completely all the way around. There's about an inch that did not get cut, which he said was really helpful and important. And I don't remember why. But um, again, Amanda was able to stay with me the first um, day, take me, pick me up. And then my niece took care of me. But um, I had an afternoon appointment for the tummy tuck. And, uh, that was hard simply because I couldn't eat or drink for 12 hours. So just went in there being so dehydrated. Um, so anyway, I fully and totally didn't think about the surgery. I was busy and I, I wasn't very mentally prepared for it, which I don't recommend. Um, I had the surgery. Um, the pain, the pain was, I can't, the pain was so intense and horrible. I don't even know. There aren't words for it. And I, and it, I can't even really describe it. So I won't try. When I say pain, just know that that's all in capital letters underlined in bold and italic in like the biggest obnoxiousest font. Um, it was horrible. So they, again, like I said, they cut all the way around. In the tummy tuck process, they pull the skin up. They disconnect your belly button. He sewed all my abdominal muscles like tight together because I had about an, in, I don't know, close to an inch of a gap. Um, it's called diastasis recti. And that's from A, having a baby and B, carrying around all of that weight and having just my abdominal wall basically collapse. Um, not collapse, but weakened. So sewed the abdominal muscles tight. Then pull the skin down tight, cut a hole, reattach the belly button, and then cut off the excess skin and then sew it back um, right above the, right at the pubic bone. So I was able to also get rid of my C-section scar, which was super cool, even though I couldn't even see it anymore. Um, and sew me up all the way around. And so I went back the next day. My friend Stephanie, who's a nurse, took me to my follow-up appointment. I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything. Um, I passed out there, uh, and I was fine, but... It wasn't good. I was still really, I think, dehydrated and um, in just a disgusting amount of pain. <laughs> and so that was Thanksgiving weekend coming up. And so my niece stayed with me um, because it was really, really hard to get up. I had to have help sitting up and laying down and getting to the bathroom and just I needed help with all motions. Um, you don't understand how much work your abs do until they're destroyed. Like opening the refrigerator door, impossible. That's your abs. Your arms don't do anything. That's your abs. Did you even know that? I didn't know that. Flushing a toilet, turning a faucet on, touching my hair, all the things used my abs. Um, and so getting up out of bed, <laughs> oh, it was, it was something, you guys. So... Um, Randy brought me up to his house for Thanksgiving weekend because he was in town and that way he could help 
take care of it. By the time the weekend rolled around, I think that was like day four, um, I just needed help going from sitting to standing is all I needed. So went up to his house for Thanksgiving, um, and that was great because I was in so much pain, and he was a great distraction. We did puzzles. He baked for me. Um, and then there was the one time where I choked on my water and I coughed, and I felt like I'd been shot in the belly. And I cried for a real long time and I was beside myself. And that was the worst moment of the whole thing. That cough. They're just, it's, I can't even, but it was like day, maybe day six. It went from being a 9 billion on the pain scale to like a seven. It's like all of a sudden everything got a lot better and it was still really painful, but it was bearable. And so from that point on, it was a really tough recovery, but it was bearable. So that first week, I wouldn't wish on my worst, most hated, disgustingest nightmare of a human being enemy. I don't have any of those, by the way, but it's a f- it was horrible. And I so I'm not trying to scare you. If you are thinking about having that done, just know that it's going to be really hard the first week, but it got a lot easier. And again, the glee that I have now that it's healed, I just, I had so much skin on my stomach that I didn't even really understand how much there was until it was gone. And I like right now I'm sitting here and it's still weird because when I would sit, my skin would either pool in a little pile in my compression pants or if I wasn't wearing those it would spill into kind of a puddle on my lap and it would cover a few inches of my lap with skin and um so again in dresses I loved tights season because it would suck it in all the time but it was just always in my way it was always there and just the fact that that's not there is just absolutely mind-blowing to me um and that was that took a little while to experience the glee of that because the swelling was really intense. So I had really bad swelling for probably eight weeks, a really long time. Some parts of the day it would be better, but I remember like I had it at Thanksgiving and at Christmas, I was still incredibly swollen. You have to wear compression garments like Spanx all the time. And, um, and that helped, but just incredibly uncomfortable swelling again, not as painful. Um, but it was, it wasn't until middle of January until I could really work out and move my body. And even then I had to be very careful. I had to ease into anything that used my core and it just took a long time to get things back. But, um, once they got strong, everything has healed and, and it's still, I still am in seeing changes. Um, it's been about, what has it been? Five to six months now, five months, I guess. So, it's still settling in. I'm still enjoying it getting better and tighter in the swell. They've still had some swelling in the area. Um, I had one complication, a minor complication. I had a, um, a, a seroma, which is basically just a collection of water at the incision line. Um, once they take the drains out, um, it just kind of collects. So I went in, they removed it. It was no biggie at all. Um, I probably could have gone in and had that done one more time, but I didn't. And, um, and it all resolved itself. So really easy on that. 
and that's it. I'm not doing any more, <laughs> any more things. All the things are fixed. So the result has been just a sense of feeling like my body is back to, to maybe what it could have been had none of the weight situation ever happened. And it's given me a new, a new sense of direction as far as I don't look back as much anymore. I don't even do comparisons as much anymore. I feel like it really allowed me mentally and emotionally to truly turn the corner. You know, think about my life path. If I look back, I feel like I've turned a corner and I don't really see a lot of the fat years as much. Um, And when I say fat, I mean buried. I was buried. And I just, I'm able to look around and see life and opportunities in my future outside of the idea of my body being something else. It it is what it is now. I'm going to work it really hard. I'm going to feed it really well and keep it as healthy as I can. Um, And that's one little part of my life. And there's so many more other things now I can concentrate on, focus on, work for, etc. And part of that involves teaching other people, helping other people, um, trying to be to others a mentor the way that I had mentors and people shining flashlights on my feet along the way. I want to do that now for others. And I feel just so much more um, freer to just do that because I can move more freely. And the, the visual reminders of my past are gone. And now I have new Reminders, I have scars. I have a scar that goes all the way around my body. I have scars that go all the way down both of my legs, all the way down both of my arms, up and around both of my breasts. I'm covered in scars. I will never forget. But they're new scars. Like these scars I chose, these scars I said, I want this in exchange for that. I never want to forget and I never will. But these scars are a different kind. They're empowering, they're powerful. They say, I chose to better my life. I chose to better my body. I'm fortunate enough that I had the opportunity and I went for it. And so I, I love my scars. I loved, I, I learned to love the loose skin and say, look at, look at my battle wounds. Look at the evidence. This is the evidence that I once was somewhere else and that I fought my way to right here. And now I can say, look at my scars. I have evidence that I did everything I could to move forward in my life. And um, so it's empowering. And it's not just about aesthetics. It's not about vanity. Some of it's about vanity. Um, I I mean, I will admit I'm vain like everyone else. Um, Part of the desire to work out is so that I look good. I want to look as good as I can. I want to look like I'm healthy and strong and fit and in shape and I want my body to respond when I tell it to do something and so some of it is vanity and I don't feel bad about that at all but all that to say plastic surgery is not just about looks it's about emotions and it's about what's going on in your mind and Dr. Landis understood that and that was why I really resonated and I vibed with him and why I chose to use him he understood um and he even said people say It's just your body. He's like, no, you don't get to pick your body. Your soul lives in a body. So you are connected to it, period. You can't say it has nothing to do with who you are. Yes, it does. You live in it. This is where you live. 
You, you don't get to go trade it in for someone else's. This is what you have. It is your vehicle to bring your soul around into the world and into the lives of other people, into your work, into whatever calling you have on your life. It's a powerful thing, and it is connected. Your soul and your body are connected. And so the power of these surgeries, um, I'm still going to be experiencing it as time goes on. It's still relatively fresh. But if you're considering it, um, to recap, get more than one consultation. Get really solid price quotes. If you need financing, there's a lot of interest-free financing options available. Um, make sure that you love yourself and your body before you try to change anything because the person you are going in is still the person you're going to be coming out. You're just going to be in a different package. And if you haven't accepted the package you're in, it's going to make it harder to accept the package that comes out. Even if the package at the end is better, you're going to, if you're picking yourself apart and finding reasons not to love yourself now, you will find reasons not to love yourself then. Like I said, my breasts are not perfect. My legs are not perfect. My arms are not perfect. Nothing that I had done is perfect. It's better. And that's okay with me. But if I was nitpicking and hating myself going in, I'd be nitpicking and hating the result. And that's just not worth it. So if you need to take time, don't rush it. It's certainly not something you need to rush into. Um, but just make sure you're mentally and emotionally ready because it's a big deal. And make sure you've got good support and people that can take care of you. I'm so grateful for Amanda and my niece and Randy and uh, my friend Stephanie and my friends came and cheered me up. I, I lived right across the street from my gym, and so I'd be in bed, couldn't move, and I could hear the music pumping of the classes that I was missing, and it was so hard to be bed, just to, even though it was for a good cause, whatever. So sad. So my friends came over and cheered me up, which was really great. So if you have any questions about plastic surgery you want to ask, feel free to reach out. I will be as honest as I can. I will be as open um, as I can. I don't have anything to hide. I'm not ashamed. I'm not... Um, you know, it is what it is. I will, I will answer any questions honestly and to the best of my ability, but surgery is a big deal. So make sure that you get good information from reputable surgeons and reputable sources and don't just take my word for anything. <laughs> just telling you my experience. So thanks so much for listening. love this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. Please consider posting it on your social media or linking it on your Facebook. The podcasting world is huge and it's really hard for this podcast to make it into the hands of more people outside of my personal social circle. So please share it. Please share it with someone that you know has never heard of me or this podcast and it would really mean a lot to me. You can reach out to me directly too on Instagram, destination underscore begin. You can also email me, Kristen, at destinationbegin.com. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear show ideas. I'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts and follow-up questions. It's really fun to interact with all of you here in podcast world.